Hi, this is Dawn Shireen, and this is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. Tonight we have a very special guest all the way from Bristol, United Kingdom, Leanna Anderson. And she would like to discuss her journey out of the darkness. <clears throat> Hello. Hello, Leanna. How are you? Hello. I'm really great. I'm glad Bye. that we worked out the technology yeah well tech is always the hard part of this kind of stuff so i'm glad we did work it out (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) yeah so good morning to you in bristol (laughs) thank you yeah it's sunny outside and um i'm still in bed (laughs) yeah actually not for the same reason okay so um I just want the audience to know that you approached me to do the interview, which was um, quite brave of you, I would say, seeing that this is a new podcast and um, I'm still a novice, to say the least. So uh, I want to give you kudos for being my first interview and um, being the courageous woman that you are. And uh, with that being said, I have a couple questions for you and then I'm going to let you tell your story if you're okay, okay. with that. Yeah, that's totally fine. Totally fine. And um yeah, I think um, I just saw that you were looking for people to interview and um, I feel ready to sort of take that step into sharing my journey, my story. If it will support other people along their way, then that's really great. But I think for me as well, it could be quite a healing process. Yes, definitely. I've discovered that on the five episodes I've done already is that it's quite cathartic to um, get a lot of this stuff out. And you don't even understand how many people you're actually going to be helping um, as this podcast goes down in history. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so um, just to just to get a brief overview. um, So you are diagnosed with bipolar disorder or what is your diagnosis? Well, that's a very good question. So right back at the beginning of my journey with my emotional and mental health challenges, when I was about 21, um, I had been hospitalised several times and they first of all said schizoaffective disorder. So I don't know what that means. I have looked it up. I'm still unclear. (laughs) Seems like a little bit of a a catch-all it does doesn't it it's like the drop bucket for anything that they can't actually put a diagnosis on at the time it's like unspecified it's like what does unspecified mean like what is wrong yeah I I have that too so I get that yeah and then um, after another few hospital admissions they then switch that over to okay now you've got bipolar so how many times were you hospitalized before they finally got you a diagnosis? Um, probably three or four times. I've been hospitalized 10 times in total since my early 20s. Um, the last admission I had was almost two years ago, um, which is great. I'm really looking forward to getting to the two-year mark. That's going to be a celebration. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so now I'm 37. So that's 10. Hmm. That's quite a bit. Now, do you feel as if they had gotten you a diagnosis earlier and started treatment that you may not have had all those hospitalizations or do you, um, was there a... I mean, I, I, sorry, I'm going to let you finish your questions before I, I jump in. Say, <laughs> with the schizoaffective um, 
somewhat diagnosis. I mean, psychosis, I think almost always kind of follows that. So had you been on the right treatment, do you think that that could have been avoided on your end? Um, well, um, I actually more or less completely ignored the diagnoses anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, as soon as they sort of said to me, you know, this is what you've got and it's going to be a lifelong issue and you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. I was like, screw that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't buy into that. That's not my reality. So um, I kind of chose a different path from from quite an early point, actually. Um, and in terms of treatment, um, you know, I was avoiding medication where possible um, and kind of, you know, finding my own way with it. But then, of course, you know, after a period of time of being, you know, in a good place and feeling very much like, oh, yeah, well, I can do this without anything you know inevitably there would come a point where um things got really hard again and overwhelmed and I got overwhelmed and then and then it, it escalated to the point where okay well now you need to go to hospital again and now we're going to make you take medication we're going to inject it into you against your will um and and you know and that kind of I just yeah um so I've been around that cycle too many times um but yeah, in terms of, of how the diagnosis affected me, I I still don't truly buy into labelling in that way. I think that, you know, these labels, they're kind of a, um, they're a bit of a manufactured thing. And often, you know, if you get told this is how you are, then, you know, we can take that on board and that can become our reality. Whereas I much prefer to see people as human beings who have their own special, specific set of experiences, responses, um, and and ultimately can make up their own mind about who they are and what they want, how they want to be seen in the world. That's true. I had a friend ask me last week or know, a couple of days ago. She says, "Do you really think that maybe you're the normal one?" And everyone else is in the altered reality and yeah. they just want to keep you quiet because they don't want everybody realizing that what we think our world is or what they think our world is is actually not what it is and what we feel and experience as people with a mental health issue according to them are actually yeah. right yeah 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 see that's like such an interesting other way to put that around there yeah. so um so now that you're stable is that a good way to put it for almost two years you have stabilization now I'd say I'm thriving I say that I've learned so much and um and I, I'd say that now my experience of, of my reality and my my own world you know I feel very grounded so I've been doing a lot of work on keeping myself in a very grounded stable place I've been putting down foundations of my life so that's daily practices and routines that's lots of self-care that's lots of connection with other people when that's possible connection with myself connection with nature and um yeah so and and, and so this sort of stability has come from that place of of connection um and yeah i i i, I just you know life feels very different now 
it feels very different and I, I don't feel afraid of you know future the future um and and you know that in itself is amazing great was there a time where you didn't think there was a future for you that it was just so bleak that you couldn't see above the waterline yeah there's been a few times like that actually um the the experiences that I have uh, my own personal kind of cycle with it seems to be um, I mean, beginning with that first stay in hospital, coming out, and, you know, this is why I think that bipolar is a kind of manufactured dis-ease or, you know, illness or whatever you want to call it. But um, so the first time when I came out and, you know, really why I'd been hospitalised was because I was expressing some mm-hmm. deep soul truths, um, you know, and that was partly as a result of having been to a festival and experimented with psychedelics, but also partly because my soul wanted to express that truth. I think psychedelics can be a catalyst for what is available to us. And suddenly in my world, there was so much available. There was so much connection with the infinity of creation. And I really felt that. And I felt the the absolute joy and immensity and ecstasy of that connection but then I also felt the darkness and the sadness and the and the despair of of what it is to be a human as well so having both of those sides of the same coin and wanting to express those and then being hospitalized and medicated and tranquilized and where does that go that expression it can't if it can't come out it goes inwards and it goes deeper so having come out of hospital that time feeling very low um well actually that time I didn't feel so late but just confused but every sort of subsequent time needing to express that soul truth and then being medicated for it and then and and that kind of creating this low state of mood and you know at times very despairing you know I've had several several times in my life where I've not been able to see beyond the next hour let alone the next day or week yeah had uh, suicide ever you know crossed your mind during those low points of your life yeah it has yeah and um you know I've had there was one period of time after coming out of hospital and basically I was kind of housebound I didn't want to go out so I just stayed in my room the whole time I didn't really want to come across my housemates either bless them they would occasionally knock on my door and you know make sure you were still kicking yeah (laughs) yeah I was just caught in this dark dark world and the only real distraction that I could find from that space was watching series after series on you know on 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 the internet so I was you know watching all of the sort of crappy tv shows that I could find really and some of them were great I have to say I kind of you know, there's part of me that's like you know oh am I gonna when am I gonna you know feel like I need that kind of distraction again because actually I loved watching you know things like Supernatural and <laughs> right you know did... right well that, that goes into the opening of or the ascension that possibly happened with the psychedelics or just that you were you know more enlightened than other people um, again, trying to shut you down with, after the enlightenment that you had, um, 
you know, it just seems to be part for the course. I do. I also do believe that um, there is, it is a manufacturer. There's some manufacturing to it in order to promote big pharma who, um, you know, wants everybody medicated. So yeah, sure. I'm not, I mean, I do, I do know that there are synapses and things within our brains that aren't clicking quite the way that a quote unquote normal person's brain does. But again, I'm still not so sure that maybe we're not the ones that are, are right on and, and they, they need to shut us down so that other people don't realize that they're missing out on yeah. this aspect of life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so go ahead. Yeah, I think when you were just saying about, you know, there is some biological um, kind of imbalance or, you know, the synapses, the way that they work can be slightly like under functioning. Um, and I think there is some truth to that. I mean, I've, I've been also studying nutrition as a way to support my health and well-being in a natural way and um and actually you know having kind of got myself on top of my own diet and lifestyle and nutrition you know I can feel that I am functioning on a physical level much better so I'm making sure I have like the good omega oils essential fatty acids and that's all really great for 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 all of the cellular functions and then also you know nutri nutrients and also water like hydration good quality water um, and all of those things they are supporting my health and well-being in a way that um, you know for example medication can't do because medication is only a short-term solution really but I will say that there's been times in my life where I've been so low and um, you know I, I'd been seeing a psychiatrist and luckily I had a psychiatrist who wasn't forcing me down the medication route but at a certain point I went to him and I said I'm not functioning I'm feeling dreadful I'm feeling suicidal can you give me something so he gave me a um, aripiprazole which mm -hmm. is an antipsychotic and a mood stabilizer and I took it and we agreed together that I'd take it for six months and that kind of gave me some space away from the difficult emotional states I'd been experiencing in order that I could then start implementing all of those self-care strategies that I'd been working on over the years but suddenly had become unavailable to me due to low mood so it kind of gave me a bit of space and and kind of that little kind of leg up that I needed in order to then you know work on myself and then after six months, we reviewed it and I started coming off and it came off for over a few months. And then, you know, but I know that that's a tool now in my toolbox. Right. So I don't have to be afraid of, I don't have to be so kind of anti-psychiatric medication. I can see that it, it, it does have its place, but it's not a long-term solution for me. It's definitely not because, you know, I know that through um, taking you know, eating right, eating really well and, you know, taking some, some natural supplements, um, like B vitamins are really important as well. Um, you know, that I can actually build my myself back up on a cellular level to be well and happy. Right. I think that's brilliant because most people forget about the whole diet issue on this and also the fact that a lot of the medications that they they put us on depletes our system of yeah. what we actually do need yeah, and yeah. 
you know, and then we're just left um, worse off than I think we were. Pro- well, unless of course it was a suicidal issue, which is yeah. You know, on my side, that's my go-to when I start getting that low. I feel like I'm in an abyss and I just can't get out of it. And yeah, yeah. Suicide is my not my ticket anymore. I'm hoping, but yeah. You know. Well, I mean, it's so brave of you to share that. I did listen to um, one of your your previous podcasts, and I just, you know, I did think how brave it was to share, you know, those sort of deepest, darkest states, you know, because actually it is still a big taboo. And yet it is something that many people choose, you know, to end their lives and, you know, the sadness. And, you know, I I, I had a friend last year, he didn't commit suicide as such, but he did, he was, he was killing himself through taking drugs, like, as in, you know, um, recreational drugs. And it got to be such a big problem that, you know, eventually he died and it was, you know, it, he he didn't want to stick around in this world um and you know the guilt and the shame and the you know the distress of the people left behind in that situation and nobody wants that for anybody no. nobody wants I mean, that the times that i there there was actually a time where i did flatline and um when i came back i came back and my dog was laying next to me and it was i it was the most selfish thing I had ever done, but I didn't have any other recourse. I was just like so lost and just yeah. in <clears throat> such a dark place. Yeah. And then I actually did try again after a couple times after that, actually knowing that I was going to feel, you know, like I was the worst, the worst pet mom in the world. Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. But hopefully I'm, you know, I, I want to say I'm over that. I really do. However, I'm not, I'm not sure right now I'm in a better place. I'm not in a great place. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm in a better place than I was at those times. But, um, yeah. you know, for that to be my go-to catch, you know, I, I think I need to like start talking about like, you sh- you need to teach me more about the nutritional side of this. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah. can, you know, bury myself out of that, you know, yeah. it's yeah. a bad thing to do. So, um, yeah. I have a couple more questions for you and then you can, you know, drink your tea and I can go with that. <laughs> and, um, I really want to know, um, how do you plan on changing the world now that you're getting above well, water on this? It's really great that you asked that because actually, you know, that was one thing I was just going to reflect back to you is with your experiences and with your kind of courage around sharing those, you know, that is, that is world changing, you know, and that, that will you know, it, it, we all need a purpose in our lives. Like if we wake up in the morning and we feel like there's a reason to get out of bed, then that's a reason for us to, to stay on this planet. And, um, you know, and, and what I really see, what you're doing here and how you're, you're sharing so openly, you know, that's really inspiring. And, you know, maybe that, that's a part of why you're here. So just to reflect that to you and, you know, for me, I think that, um, uh, well, you know, how am I going to change the world? <laughs> so first of all, um, you know, I'm really passionate about um, self-care. I think I mentioned that to you a few times um, and I want to champion that because ultimately when we love ourselves enough, 
then no one else has to worry about us <laughs> and that's, that's a gift that's a gift to our friends and our family and our communities you know because they don't have to wake up thinking what's going on with my friend or what's going on with my my sister my daughter you know they can basically yeah exactly so so to start off with that kind of level of self-care that's going to get me into a stable and useful place because I do want to be useful in the world I'm not prepared to sit back and you know at the moment I'm on state benefits and that's great because it's again giving me the space that I can train in the things that I want to offer so I'm going to be offering nutritional healing and and therapy and that's going to be on a one-to-one basis but it's also going to be group work um and and that for me I feel like that gives other people the skills that they need in order to then make the changes for themselves no I agree Um, with you completely yeah the group work especially where one can watch another one grow and then learn from them and you know and then put it out to other people you know maybe not in a group situation but just because they have the experience they can teach other people as well I think that's I think that's fantastic yeah Yeah, exactly um and then the other thing is around activism so on different levels mental health activism um but and also linking that in with how we care for the planet as well um and um, just feeling very passionate about wanting to change things on a systematic level. So currently I'm doing some work at um, the hospital that I was admitted at, <laughs> which, is, which is interesting. <laughs> so I'm working with a team of psych- psychologists and we're developing and delivering training for the staff who work on the wards to empower those staff to work in a more therapeutic way. Um, so that they can, you know, through the benefit of people with lived experience such as myself, um, sharing that experience and what it's actually like for them to be a patient on the wards and, you know, seeing that person after they've come through the difficult point because actually, you know, I'm aware that some of those staff I've seen many times and they've only really seen me when I've been in a really bad way. So, you know, for them to actually see someone who's come through that bad space and they're actually coming back they're willing to come back and share what's been going on for them and 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 actually that's really like powerful and and you know I can be part of delivering training around boundaries and um just around how to relate to people around how to sort of care for people in that state so that feels very good um and then um the other sort of thread that's going on in my life at the moment is around being part of a group called compassionate mental health that's been set up um in the uk um we've had actually uh, you know really like great visitors and speakers including um i don't know if you come across will hall um he's from the states and and various other people in in um in the uk who have kind of come together to share their own experiences and deliver and give workshops hold space and we've had residentials so we've all been in the same space for three days and nights um and you know it's an opportunity for people to come from all different walks of life so there'll be professionals in the room there'll be people with their own lived experience there'll be carers and there'll be 
family you know just everybody everybody coming in to the space and you know being this melting pot so that everyone can meet each other as human beings like any labels that you have whether that's a professional label or whether that's the psychiatric diagnosis you leave those at the door (laughs) and you just meet each other as humans so you know I'm involved with compassionate mental health now and I've been invited to be part of the team as a volunteer and um and we're also going to be putting together like um, a curriculum so that we can actually kind of define what we want to offer in terms of you know this is a opportunity for people to come and learn how to manage their well-being but not just manage it I don't really like that word I mean I'm quite big on the language that we use so you know I'm very much like advocating like new language to redefine ourselves as the powerful creative change makers that we are um so yeah rather than like managing our yeah facilitating (laughs) exactly exactly why not facilitating empowering redefining connecting all of these things yeah yeah i love Um, that so when you get your curriculum um i'll set man you can send me a copy of it (laughs) let me tell you in the united states there is still i mean i don't know if it's like this in europe or in britain but there's still such a stigma attached to it that once people know that you've been inpatient yeah um there's almost no coming back from that and that's part of what my drive is is to exactly what you were saying is have them look at us as people first yeah as human beings first and then as somebody with a mental a mental health issue not a mental illness but a mental health issue yeah yeah and just rephrase that whole thing exactly so I start calling it emotional health challenge there you go (laughs) just as good because because ultimately we all experience emotional health and a lot of the problems that we experience is through suppression you know suppression suppression leads to depression basically like if we're not if we don't feel safe to express our truth we're going to end up shutting down down. so um everyone can own up to having emotional health needs and, um, and if they can't then they really need <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and then also you know I call it a challenge rather than a problem because ultimately you know life is challenging but you know it's we can be up for the challenge we can be open to it to facing that challenge you know when we feel courageous to do so and it's like you know there's no there's no pressure you know it it takes away the pressure that we have to achieve certain things by a certain time in order to be valued as a human being ultimately every human being has an intrinsic self has an intrinsic value just as themselves on whatever level they're functioning and um you know as a community we can come together and we can support people we can shower them with love we can give them skills and tools that they need to to then you know be able to to apply that love to themselves you know self-love and self-worth um yeah. I was just gonna have a little look at my list of things I wanted to talk about so it was self-care self-value it was also emerging from the underworld and waking up from the nightmare so um you know basically we can kind of see the the experiences that we have of the of the challenging emotional and mental health as being kind of in the underworld and it's dark and it's dirty and it's you know it's painful and there's lots of suffering there's scary monsters 
Um, and then, you know, it's almost like there's people out there on the surface and you can kind of hear their voices and you can yes. kind of like feel their presence and they're kind of chipping away from the outside and that can motivate you to chip away from the inside until suddenly you find the, the, you find the, the passage that you can start walking along and then you can see the chink of light coming through. And, you know, and it's up to you to take those steps and walk out of the underworld and emerge from that darkness. And, you know, and one day you wake up and it's like, you know, you've been in this nightmare of difficult emotional mental states for your whole life, more or less. Um, and it, but it's a nightmare that you've not been able to wake up from. But one day you wake up and you can see that there is possible possibility for for you to have a life that that you feel happy and proud of. There is possibility for you to make connections with people who get it and who understand you. So you you take that step out into the light. You know. The beauty of the world is so shiny and it's so new and it's so precious because you know maybe you know you have... both sides yeah. yeah exactly and you know it, one thing you know I've been hospitalized I've been imprisoned I've been literally put in solitary confinement for days and you know it's only when you've experienced imprisonment that you can truly value freedom so I'm grateful for that experience because that's supported me to know how lucky and how much I actually value my life and my freedom and no one's going to take that away from me ever yeah I, I you know except yourself I guess if you wanted to go back into the underworld I mean, you you could be the yeah only person well you can go down and you can visit you can visit that place again you know and I visit that no place thanks. sometimes <laughs> because because it's you know it's it's actually full of riches you know that underworld you know there's precious gems there's um well there's you no know, insight right caves, there's you yeah, know there's, there's all kinds of stuff yeah, there's, there's water like, that will drown you yeah. there's cliffs <laughs> you can fall off of there's all kinds of good stuff there. yeah but there's yeah. also you know there's also deep beautiful pools that you can bathe in and there's you know there's waterfalls and there's there's magic down there so you can actually go down there and you can bring back some of the magic to share with other people that as is long true. as long as you feel safe and the safety comes from having the routine and yeah, as long as you from... have your golden cord attached yeah. to you so you can pull yeah. yourself back up out of it exactly yeah. it's the routine and it's also um you know it's also giving yourself markers so now if i feel myself dipping down you know i can give myself markers well it's okay to be in bed for one day but three days that's not great you know it's okay to eat a pizza one night but if I'm eating takeaway food every night for a week then that's a problem and I need to reach out and get someone to bring me some food (laughs) yeah we need someone to take you outside and bring you an ice cream yeah exactly and if you know and if I if I've got these thoughts that are happening that feel like oh yeah I can write these down and they might turn into poetry then that's great. But if I've got these thoughts that are happening that are taking over my whole mind and I'm starting to, you know, think things like I need to hurt myself or, you know, then that's not cool. And so, you know, so then I can go and see my therapist or whatever it is, you know, so it's giving myself little markers about this is good. This is good. This isn't so good. This is you know, it's like having that comfort zone where we can step out of the comfort zone into the learning zone. And that can be good, but when it gets into the danger zone, 
now it's time to come back and 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 you know self love and self care until I'm feeling strong again right ready to go back out there yeah my therapist and I have set up a lot of boundaries because of the suicidality that I have so that's the same as your markers it's just like you just have to keep check on yourself all the time to make sure that you're not slipping back I mean not too far you know yeah like I I actually almost went into a form of agoraphobia uh, in December and um like I couldn't leave my house for almost three and a half weeks and then I was hospitalized and then I came out and then I was hospitalized again uh, wow just about a month ago so I've been out oh wow so you've actually you've had a very recent recent experience oh Oh, my gosh it was a psych and I was in a in a psychosis because I had stopped taking my medication started taking my medication stopped it again started it again and my brain was just like fried you know so had I just stayed off it I probably would have been better than going back on it without the titration which I needed for it so yeah it's been it's a very new experience and that's why when I came back out I was like I need to do something to help people and that's when I kind of said well you know, you're writing about it, you're taking human rights classes to do advocacy. And this podcasting thing just kind of fell in my lap. And I was like, let's give it a shot. You know, let's yes. see what happens. Let's see who we can touch and help and, you know, yep. possibly change. So I just have one last question for you. And then we can um, go on our ways. But first, I would love to have you back on again um, and talk more about that compassion. Wonderful. Well, yeah, That's I would great. love to talk more about that. So my last question for you today, Leanna, is what is one of the most defining moments you've had in your life in the past two years now that you're being, that you're stabilized and in a form of remission from this? Ooh, okay. So, I mean, oh my gosh, so many moments. Um, And actually something that comes to me is like how much can actually shift in a very short period of time. Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, so last December I um I was in a a very low place again after my friend had died um and I was really struggling with difficult emotional states and um and I I took medication again for just two weeks again to give myself that spaciousness um and and after after that I um I went along and I did I went to a detox retreat um in Glastonbury and um and basically that was an opportunity for me to do a really deep cleanse like a really deep physical cleanse and also alongside that physical cleanse there was an emotional cleanse as well yeah there's so, there. yeah. yeah so that was juice fasting for six days and then alongside lots of like body work and colonics and just like basically and then I did a liver flush so a liver cleanse and all of the toxicity from like years and years and years came out <laughs> <laughs> just like it just, it just came out <laughs> um, and um, during that time the guy who was running the detox retreat he actually heard my story and he said I've got someone that you need to come and see so he took me along to a a very special person um, who um, channels an energy of an ancient being um and so I sat there in this space with this woman who was then embodying this ancient Chinese man um and he basically told me to stop beating myself over the head with a frying pan (laughs) 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 he was like because he heard 
heard my desire, my deep wish to be of service in the world. And but he's, he was saying, as long as you're beating yourself over the head with that frying pan and giving yourself such a hard time, you're not going to be of any good to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> right and that makes so much sense <laughs> it makes perfect sense actually that's like really funny though it's, so it's funny. really funny i love that yeah. and, and the chinese man who is being channeled through someone else it's great. i totally get it i love that it's perfect it's a perfect way to end the interview with that i love that is there yeah. anything else that you would like to add to this, Leanna, before we close this today? Um, but yeah, we'll definitely be revisiting yeah. each other and in, in these topics again. I mean, I think the, the, the main thing that I would add is literally to anybody who's listening to this, be yourselves. You're, you are the only person that can actually be you in this world. You are the best person for that job of being you. And however you might be feeling, whatever you might be experiencing, you know, there is a sense of when you can take that leap of faith and trust that the universe is giving you the perfect medicine that you need in that moment and that you can see all the challenges and all the, all the, all the fear and all the darkness as part of a journey that you're coming through and you're emerging out of that underworld back out into the, the light and once you once you step out of that space there'll be so many people there to greet you and hold you and you know welcome you back and you know you've been doing this work on not just on behalf of yourself but on behalf of your communities on behalf of your ancestors on behalf of the planet you know at this particular time in human evolution you know there's so much suffering and yet there's also so much hope and so much joy and so much beauty so like for me on my journey it's been about remembering the beauty and transforming the experiences that I've had of 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 absolute you know terror and and fear and darkness but but using them and transforming that by um you know by having the capacity to rewrite my story um, so that I can, you know, then use those experiences for the greatest good. And once you step into that space of aligning your soul's purpose with the highest good of, of the universe, then everything f- will flow towards you that you need, all the support, all the love, or the financial means, it will all flow towards you and, 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 and you know, and then, and then you're, and then you're free, you know, you're, you can, you can free yourself from, from suffering. Um, and there'll always be an element of that in you. I mean, for me, there's always an element in me of, you know, a capacity to hold great emotion. And for me, that's, that's become a blessing, you know, like there's um, a book by Carlo Gibran called The Prophet. And one of the lines in that book, which is so beautiful, it's like the more that, sorrow carves out your soul the more joy it can contain that is so true i love that book actually now you just gave me another book i have to go rebuy yeah i love that it's in my bag at the moment i need to read it again (laughs) i know that's one of the ones that you can just like pick up on a daily basis and just like flip it and you're always going to find something that's going to be beneficial to you for yeah yeah i love that book well, yeah. what a great way to end this, our first interview. Because How amazing. Um, well yeah, done I know, to right? you. We, we 
well did done it. to us. We did okay. it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. The listeners will not understand. The listeners will not understand that inside joke, but um, yeah, we finally <laughs> got it together. <laughs> All right, Leanna. Well, you know, well, you go enjoy your day, and um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit this up a little bit, and um, I'm gonna put it up before I go to sleep. So, um, you know, you can okay. share it with your friends. Wow. And all that. Amazing. And, yeah, I know, right? Amazing. And yeah. I learned so much from you. So, um, yeah, this has been great. And uh, we will talk again, I promise. Thank you so much. You're yeah, welcome. let's be in touch. For sure. You enjoy your day now, okay? Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, you're welcome. Bye. <laughs>